You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. To let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm going, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn. But think about a thing you understand. I'm just a- Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And have either of you gentlemen been to the uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Mesa, uh, area in recent history. Yes. yes, I have. And what are your feelings? Sam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we played a um a, a festival that went so poorly that it almost shut down the festival. So um that was cool. It was a good lineup. <laughs> you know, we played I, it. I think it, was, it was in Mesa. It was uh Twitching Tongues played, but like the last four bands were Nails, Drop Dead, Indecision, Sick of It All. <laughs> it's a good lineup. Probably about 200 kids in the Ni- the Nile, that big space. In- is that in Mesa? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I believe that's Mesa. Like um, a thousand cap. Yeah. Not great. That's not very, that's not very encouraging. What, what do we chalk that up to? Um, well, then metal, uh, like Deathcore was very big. So everyone that I talked mm-hmm. to, like, any fucking Deathcore band would sell this place out. It's fucking ridiculous that you guys, you know, this lineup doesn't <laughs> Um, you know, Phoenix is also one of those places, uh, large city, growing city, traditionally small punk hardcore scene. Metal goes up and down, but even in that world, I think it's one of the smaller, you know, um, South Mountain, though, beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's a lovely part of the country. Hike, yeah. Yeah, move, move me to Phoenix tomorrow, except for that 120 degrees during the summer thing. That's not great. Well, we're all moving it's to Denver. Bit, it's a That's bit intimidating. Right. That's right. Except Patrick, who hates Denver. Yeah, Denver's like my least favorite place in the United States. Not not true, but he does dislike. That's it. a lie. That's a that's a defend. I can name four places you've mentioned that you hate more than Denver. Yeah, no question. Not Houston, but it's uh, it's my idea of an unpleasant city. Uh, and to our listeners from these places, Philadelphia, Houston, and Denver, I'm talking about your fucking city. I'm talking about your uh, your infrastructure. I'm talking about the shit that you – none of you designed the city. Chill out. Yeah, yeah, by the way, you're bullshit. not talking about the infrastructure of Denver. What are you talking no, about? I know. How much infrastructure – like, you're just okay. worried about, you like, wanna, tell me what, t- what are the two main highways that cross through Denver? If you can say uh, it, then I'll listen to you. 70 and 25. Boom. Good job. Tom. Well, I was going to say. Why do you sound uh, like HR doing sacred love? Because I'm. I, listen. Are you in jail? I, he is HR I, doing sacred love right now. Yeah, listen, I am in a van in uh, Arizona. This is the best that we could do. It's either that or stand outside in the oddly windy uh, evening. So, hey, Bob, you know, like Jeremy, like makes plans beforehand and like. Brings in his equipment and records his podcasts on a, on tour too. You know, it's wild. Listen, not not to little dick myself, but Jeremy also plays venues with working toilets and uh, maybe even a green room. Whereas uh, I play venues where uh, we hear that somebody was shot four days ago, and uh, the, the urinal uh, hasn't been attached to the wall in weeks. 
All right. Just that, that drug church lifestyle. Um, I've got some more thoughts that we'll get into, but before we insult any other people or cities, uh, let's shout out our sponsors. Run for Cover Records. Boom. Deathwish Inc. Crinkle, crinkle. And the highlights of today's sponsor reads, To Live a Lie. Oh, I, I got to do another vote? I, I thought we were going to do, do a collective. Do, do, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> to Live a Lie. Uh, uh, and, of course, Closed Casket Activities. <clears throat> Starting with Closed Casket Activities, closedcasketactivities.com. We've talked about this record a few times. I'm going to give it to you one more time. Vain FM. This world is going to ruin you. Guys, spoiler, I'm going to do both reads at the same time. Why not? To Live a Lie, to liveali.com, hit that web store, Spy Habitual Offender. Why am I talking about these two records? One, they're both hot. Depending on where your liens and uh, interests are in hardcore at large, these records should be on your, uh, on your radar. If you just like loud, angry, and aggressive, maybe go for both. Two, I'm bringing up both these records because they have been hit by the uh, uh, shutdown world, COVID, et cetera, et cetera, vinyl delay bug. They both tested mm. positive for the vinyl delay, guys. Shout out to both of these really awesome labels who actually like, I think you guys know enough label guys. There's the dudes who kind of just are like, yeah, it's cool. You know, we do it. And yeah. You know, you ship the records and it's cool. You get them. It's cool. Then there's the guys and there's a good amount of them who take it super serious. We're like, no, no. When I get the records in hand, they immediately start shipping and I don't stop till I'm done. Right. That is Will. That's Will at To Live a Lie. That's Justin at Closed Casket. Um, big shout out to these guys. I believe both sets of records: the Spy Habitual Offender 12 inch, as well as the Vein FM. This world is going to ruin ULP are in hand. Um, you know, special shout out to Closed Casket Activities. That Vein record, the packaging. Tom, you're waiting to get yours in hand, right? Yes, I ordered one. Oh, I saw pictures of it. Looks awesome. Just totally crazy. Um, no slouch, obviously, uh, anywhere, but man, uh, shout out to Close Cash Activities for just nailing the layout and just giving you a package that a lot of people love this record already. Even if you just like it, this is one you probably need to own because it looks that cool. So go to closecasketactivities.com, order the Vein FM. This world is going to ruin you, LP. Go to toliveali.com, order the Spy Habitual Offender 12-inch. Get at it. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling today? Uh, I'm, we just lost the keys for an hour, so there was like a, li- a little bit uh, of a chaotic energy, uh, but I think we're back on track. Who's now, the culprit? Oh, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the person who found the keys is not being forthcoming about where they found the keys. So that calls them into question, but we so they had them in their it. pocket the whole time. Ooh. We can't, pin it. we can't pin it on them. Got it. Got it. They did like the kid thing that you're like, Oh, I found them. And yeah, meanwhile, yeah, exactly they, were, right. they were responsible for losing them. Got it. So <clears throat> Pat, this is, this is something near and dear to Tom's heart. Uh, Tom, I have a friend in the greater Phoenix area who I hit up Patrick a couple of days ago. The guy wanted to get into the show as well as hopefully caught some time with Patrick to interview him. Pat, were you able to connect with my friend? 
Uh, he is uh, 20 feet from me. Oh, uh, excellent. He is interviewing other bands. Incredible. Lo- love to hear it. Thank you for setting that up. Tom, we, we, we will often give Patrick crap about missing that. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit. Not only did he come through on this, he also came to us prior to his New York show and was like, hey, do you guys do you guys need to get in? What's what's the story? Which Shocked. I mean, cool. he big time me when I got there. But I mean, as we had mentioned before, but he did offer. <laughs> yeah. Was someone just- was like, are you going to the New York show? And I was like, no, my pad's <laughs> better at getting my friends in in other cities and getting me in in my own. Yeah. Well, Pat well, came through and they were they, they ripped. Thank you, PK. Appreciate it. Um, you were looking at the end of the tour. Are you starting to count down the days? No, we've come you know, the end. I, I get like a, mm-hmm. I, I, so mm-hmm. my move to Australia, my, no, my, my move to Australia is soon. So I look forward to that. Uh, that's very exciting. However, in terms of uh, the actual challenge of being on a somewhat lengthy tour, just add, add more weeks. I mean, we can't, I got to, I have a place to be, but I don't. Yes. I I almost get sad when things are winding down rather than like excited, you know. Because yeah. like I feel like I'm uh, in the pocket now. I feel like I'm in the zone. If you didn't have Australia pending, you'd be like, "Fuck it, two, two another two weeks. I'll go until like hundred percent." Yeah, no, I love to hear it. You need to take it. You need a built-in day off though every week. You're getting old. So I think about this sometimes. I because I've been sick twice on this tour. Uh, and that's in ideal. Uh, but the, uh, in general, uh, we, when, when we are a support band, we don't take very many days off at all. If we cannot have any days off, we do it like that. Uh, but part of that is financial, right? Because as a support band, you're not getting paid very well. Sure. So uh, there's off day shows where we've, we've made basically more money than we made on an entire tour. Uh, and we've tried to do that as a headliner. Uh, you're making a little bit more money. Uh, the off day shows uh, are there are no such not like, Well, it's not that they're it's not that they're like, yeah, because there's drives or whatever. But also, I feel a weird obligation to sound okay, not good, not not great certainly, but okay. And whenever we do an off day show, it tends to be in a place with an with an underpowered PA, where I blow my throat out and then uh i sound bad for three days afterwards so, right, so i'm saying as a headliner like you need like you know fucking monday like you need a, a day off that's not like a 12 hour in the van kind of day if you can do it oh no that, that, that's not an option like we had yesterday off but it was a 15 hour drive 15 hours yeah we're, yeah we're, we, you go we texas to phoenix that's yeah. right God damn it. Austin to Phoenix. That's a yo, that's a long drive just in Texas. Like it's deceiving. You you know the number when you leave, but you're still shocked how long it takes you to get across. Oh yeah. Um, yo, can can we put this on? Let's put this on public record. Tom, yes. I believe you're with me. I'm with you. Axe to Grind is a pro Australia podcast, and we are a pro Patrick Kinlan resident of Australia podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean we're pro Australia. I'll go that. I'll go that. Oh, I'm gi- I'm giving Patrick the seal of approval. Excited for your move. Are you excited? I'm very excited. It's uh, uh, I've got mixed feelings about the actual uh, uh, state of of 
you know, the, the Australia as a as an entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, who doesn't? The infrastructure. We, I, I, yeah, we, bar- we barely believe in countries on this podcast, but you know, yeah, that, that's not and, how and I'm the, speaking. Uh, oh, it's in terms of uh, you know being closer to the woman in my life, of course, it's, uh, and and also there's some there's uh, some adventure to uh, moving. Uh, I don't know what is that nine thousand miles away. Uh, <laughs> fucking crocodile Dundee. Yeah, we got you. Unfortunately, there's not too many. I mean, what's a frontier, right? There's no such thing as a frontier anymore, I guess. Uh, but I don't know, man. Australian outback might be a frontier. Sure. Oh, by the way, sorry for our listeners that don't give a fuck about this, but let me just go off. There is a train that goes across Australia. That's oh, awesome. I would totally take that. Same. It's like two thousand dollars because you're in a uh, you're you're in a uh, like a. It's, I think it's all sleeping cars. I don't think there's any uh, coach, right? So like, right. Uh, but it's and it seems exclusively for old people. You know, like I don't think any. <laughs> I think I'd be the youngest dude on there, but uh, it, it. I'm excited. I don't. My girl has zero interest, so I don't know when I will find the time to do this, but. Yeah. Ooh. That might be a four day. Is that like like going across the United States? Yes. It's like it's like going across the United States. Yeah, Um, for it. Wow. But what I'd like to do, sorry for everybody listening, this has no fucking interest. Uh I would like to go from Perth instead of going to Sydney, go from Perth to Adelaide and then from Adelaide to Darwin. That would Mm -hmm. give me the most time in the outback. And there's a number of stops where like people dress in old timey outfits and, and like tell you about the history of Australian shit. But like I said, right. this is like very, this is very much an old, like, Oh, by the way, uh, I have 17 hours in Singapore. Oh, boy. and, uh, I, how much do you fellas know about Singapore? Uh, pretty good amount. What do you want? Uh, uh, what are we going for? Okay. So the only part that's germane to me is, uh, the, there's a mandatory death penalty for drug trafficking. Now, uh-huh. it's highly highly unlikely I'll be trafficking drugs. However, uh, I don't trust... Like, this is where... I hope I don't come off like a paranoid on this podcast, but I have like a very strong distrust of... I guess, you, I guess you'd say cops. I have a, I have a distrust of, of legal systems broadly. Yeah, and I, Singapore is is a country with a badge. You know what I mean. It might as well be the cop country. That's what I'm saying. And I just don't trust the idea that somebody, for whatever reason, it doesn't have to be a reason that makes any sense on paper. Just the fact that it can happen. That should somebody choose to uh, set you up, plant something on you, uh, just jam your shit up. You don't go away there. You, you you go to an execution chamber. <laughs> so so like it's just I'm weirdly paranoid about it. I'm not leaving the airport because I just don't, I I'm and for so me this is not, the for, part this is the part where as a uh, a man of age who has been straight edge for several decades, when is the last time you had drugs in your hand? Oh. Ever? maybe ne- maybe right. never i think you're gonna be that, okay but, on this one brother that's no, where no, we're, we're, we're we're calling paranoid detectives on this one here's the thing though think about it think about it so like 
if if you have like i forget what it is it's some 14 grams or something i don't even know what that is in drugs but like that's like if you have like 14 grams of cannabis you're executed some nonsense like that right Mm -hmm. and but if you have like detectable like dog smelled weed on your bag sort of thing Mm -hmm. you can do 10 years Mm -hmm. yeah singapore and not the philippines i think the philippines had that as well or maybe they no, both, maybe so they Singapore both is really strict on this stuff. Yeah. So so Singapore is more on like a judge dread thing. The Philippines are on some like they've deputized uh neighbors with grievances to to hunt uh other neighbors. Yeah, they're on it's, the it, purge level. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's it, it was really bad. Like so Tom, for a time there was uh basically you could you could essentially deputize your way into executing your neighbor, <laughs> seizing their seizing their property. Uh, keep talking. Really, keep talking. Really bad. <laughs> so, anyway, long story short, the uh, uh, I I lived in. Uh, I'm passing through California where weed is just omnipresent. I just get I get paranoid about the idea that a dog is going to smell weed on my shoe. Do you know what I'm I saying? Like just I get you. something. Yo, let's let's, I just, let's foolproof you. You're getting brand new shoes. Uh, you're gonna stay super. You're gonna go to the sober house. No, that's a bad idea. You don't you're own gonna, any clothes. Yeah, yeah. You maybe you get yourself all new clothes that are like straight up uh, sterilized. You you pick them up from the uh, the tailor you go to, who tailors all your t-shirts, as we've discussed, and uh, make sure they're perfect. And you you take them off as you go to LAX. That's it. Maybe yeah, you don't. Maybe you put them on in the in the bathroom in LAX once you're through the gates. I can't well, be alone. You're not worried about LAX though, right? No. No, no, no. But I, I but here's the thing. I just can't be alone in distrusting uh like an authoritarian government, right? Like uh, it it it, it feels this I mean locked up abroad. I've seen that show. That's uh, what know, I'm saying. Maybe I've seen too much of to this conversation. Um and a really scary thing that I haven't seen, you know, not to get worst possible timeline here. The situation in Shanghai is wild, and I don't see any conversation in reality about it. Have you guys? Uh, okay, so so here's here's a problem with that, Bob. Is right now there is uh, we're not talking about it the way we were talking about it when Trump was on television all the time. But I think that there is actually less trust in news than there ever has been. For yeah, example, that's the, true. The, the the Ukraine situation. Uh, so the Ukrainians are facing a, a threat of the type that the, the most of our listeners can't even comprehend. So they are incentivized to not tell the full truth because any sane person would do whatever they had to do to keep their to keep their borders and their safety and all. So like lying to the world like all three of us would lie to the world to keep our families alive. Right. No question. So right now the Ukrainians are in a situation where they, they're what they are reporting to the world might be a hundred percent true. There might be massacres. There might be mass rapes. There might be even chemical weapons, which is the thing that was alleged just today. However, they are strongly incentivized to relay this message to the world, whether or not it's true. So you're in this crazy situation where you can't trust the side that you would even be sympathetic to right now. And same thing with the China shit, China, like 
we are predisposed. Uh, I mean, the sane people in the United States are predisposed to have a bad feeling about totalitarian governments. So let's say let's course, call it a healthy skepticism. So yeah, so of course we're going to say, oh yo, I believe this. I believe the worst thing that I'm getting told, right? But it's also, I mean, propaganda exists, right? Sure. I have no, I have no idea what the facts on the ground are. I've seen some video that is absolute, absolute horror to me, but I've, you can also like, we could do that for almost any major incident. For example, I have no doubt that the way North Korea is reporting on our subway shooting this morning, I have no doubt that the way that they're reporting on that is strictly speaking dishonest. You know what I mean? So, so it, it's, it, 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 I don't know who to believe and I don't think anybody knows who to believe. So this is all to say, uh, I don't know what to make of the China situation, except that it looks like it looks like ass. Yeah, uh, everybody. I mean, whatever. Uh, that's not what you're here for. Be sympathetic to the plight of others uh, and totalitarian authority. It's a weird thing. Still not with it. Hmm. Still not with it. Yo, uh, let's talk about some hardcore. Let's do it. Tom. Yes. Welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. Um, uh, yeah, this was, I thought we were trying to make out like we were trying to split episodes the, with worst possible timeline. Nah, nah. He's going out of town. Oh, man, what what happens to worst possible when you get to, to Australia? You know, everything just remoting? Yeah, I mean, supposedly I've got good Wi-Fi. Australia has notoriously bad Wi-Fi, but supposedly I've got the best you can get. Okay, let's let's make sure that that's the best you can get. Um, yo. I am excited uh, because there's a festival happening in Birmingham, Alabama called Furnace Fest Mm. that I think generated a lot of interesting opinions last year and this. Um, And that's kind of an interesting thing. Tom, I'd like you to ask me this question. Bob, how many bands are you excited about on Furnace Fest? (laughs) I feel like this is a true question. Bob, how many bands are you excited for on Furnace Fest? I don't know, like Eight, ten, nine, ten, something like that. Maybe how many? How many would you be excited on 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 a majority, say, hardcore festival? Thank you for the follow up. Uh, if you like more than five bands playing, and your age is over the over thirty, you're fucking good about it. Yes. Um, there's a lot. Uh, let me look right now. I'm looking at the headliners. None of them do anything particularly for me on those first liners, but second line, you get you get bands I love. You know, um, at least three bands I love in there: Quicksand, An, Avail, um, and stuff I'm interested in. So, um, you guys are both playing. We are. This is interesting. Not the same day though. How how do we fuck that up, guys? Yeah, you know what? I I that was probably my bad. Yeah. Just because um, when we got the offer, I was like, hey, is there any way knowing the schmucks that I have to deal with <laughs> that I was like, you know what? Let's do Saturday yeah. because save, then, save her bet. Right. Right. Like Justin doesn't have to like, like open a soup, you know, like cut the ribbon at a supermarket. He doesn't have to like kiss baby, shake hand. Like it's a Saturday. If worse comes worse, I can get him on a flight like Saturday morning. Right. That was my thought. Um, which ended up resulting in us being on like the far more emo day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I'm cool with. Well, drug church is on Friday, which is the Belmont day, which is sick. 
Pat's gonna come out and come out and he's gonna be watching the tractor. Yeah, we're gonna get that song. We uh we still need to do that special episode. So if the Belmont She's guys are listening, I have I I started writing my list. I have approximately 73 questions to ask Bella from Belmont about this song. So um let's get a very special episode going. Uh someone set that up. <laughs> Was um, the first question, how dare you? No, the first question is your personal interest in following this as a sound for your band from here out. Rate it between one and ten. Go. Because that's the direction they should go. I I got to imagine it's ten. Ten out of ten. Um, Taz, get at us. We got to talk about this. Yeah, like People don't know what we're talking about. The song, Google uh, Belmont Country Girl and hear uh, something you've never heard before. It's an earworm. Yeah, just trip out. <laughs> trip out. <laughs> watch the music video. It's wild. Um, um they're a they're a Chicago based band. Oh yeah, taking the back roads back to Illinois. Um, yeah. Wow, Bob really has listened to this. Couple times. I know all the songs. <laughs> uh, we were chasing cows. We was wrangling. Uh, let's keep going. I, I have so many lyric questions on this one. Um, yo, so so is this fast more or less divisive than it was last year? And it's hard because you guys are both playing. Feels less divisive to me I would say as an less. outsider, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this seems like more of like just a big festival. Mm-hmm. While last, last year, year felt felt like it was trying to catch the zeitgeist yes. of a thing that it was twenty years with, ago, right? Yeah, I think that was more like you know last year was kind of it seemed a little bit too kind of um, like high school reunion-y. Yep, and this just seems like I was like a like a I mean. Most of the headliners are older bands, but it's like, oh, well, these are big bands that would headline any festival. Yeah. Yeah. You know what because, I mean? Like, because the big bands headlining, uh, looking at the first date, those are all still active bands. Second, yeah, all active bands except for the question mark one. I mean, the question mark one will be an active band. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, I know who it is, mm-hmm. but. And I'm mean, quite honest. You can't say it because it's a rainy day, so we can't talk about it. Right. And f- I, full transparency, it's one of the only one of the main reasons that I decided to put up with the process of getting most precious blood to play shows. Mm. There's a few things on here that it's like bucket list stuff that it's like, yeah, that'd be yeah. foolish to turn it down. Um, and same yeah, thing, that, third day, all 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 are, are headlining bands. So you look at the lineup up and down, and there's a lot more active bands. Be they current, be they legacy, etc. There's a lot of bands who are still doing the damn thing. Yeah, I mean, what festival are you gonna go to where it's like? So they added Gojira. That was one of the bands' powers. So it's Mastodon, Gojira, Descendants, and the story so far. Yeah. So that, that at that point you're getting into like Euro festival territory. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I know you know certain dorks like to do the whole like this was hardcore. Like I don't think they're even trying to. They're not coming at it in that that way because I mean, they did this last year. It was like fifteen or twenty thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, is there another hardcore it's, festival that does fifteen thousand people? There's not a hardcore fest that does fifteen hundred people at this point. No. So, uh, uh, listen, I, I don't presume everybody that books my bands listens to Axe to Grind, but ma- many do, and I'm I, I'm just gonna say that I'm never gonna take an offer and then shit on anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that energy. I hate that energy where you like, you'll take somebody's money, but you're going to act like you're better than them. I don't right. like that. I hate that uh, shit. 
but uh, I I will tell the truth about if so, like my impression of a thing, and I and I I think that promoters understand that, and uh, there's no hard feelings on that. Uh, I I think last year I was the one that was like, this doesn't bother me. Like this this is this is fine. Like it's it's a little old home week from for my taste, you know. But the fact is that there was a number of bands that I would have liked to see, and I told one of the guys that books the thing the other day when I met him. I said, listen, I'm with the cool headliners that play, but I love the spent bands. I love them. Like, I love the guys that haven't played music in 15 years and look like shit on a stage who are enjoying themselves. Now, do I want to see that with any frequency? No, but I, I think that there's something to it, particularly for the kids from the South who as they'll tell it that they would drive 400 miles in any direction to, to see shows. And they all kind of got to know each other through, through shows that were pretty far away from each other. It would be like right. Albany. Ha- it would be like Albany having like some kinship with Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right, like, that's it's, all it's, that you could do. Yeah. Right. Right. So, as I've talked to a couple of people that are excited about it uh, on, on this tour and including one of the fellows that books it and uh, they describe the same shit, which is, yeah, it's a good vibe because it's all people who slept on each other's floors 20 years ago and now have many of them have families. I mean, some of them probably got no family and just a drug problem, but like, you know, like a, a lot, just different life courses or whatever. But it's uh, it, it's an, it's not a bad thing to revisit. It's not a pathetic thing to re- revisit. It's a it's a nice time, right? It seemed now, like a good time. Well, Tom, here's what convinced me. So the one fellow I was talking to, I said, "What's the what's the breakdown between old heads and young people? And are you aiming? Because you got to steer this in a direction. Because you're going to run out of reunion style." bands right so you got to steer it what do you what's the plan and he showed me a video of turnstile playing it yeah that was a lot of young heads that it it was it was not the grays that i was watching uh stage dive (laughs) to that or more accurately crowd surf but it was young people and i said oh shit what's this about and he said he was honest he said uh young people showed up for like a half dozen bands had little interest in some of the older bands but it made for a good mix and everybody got along so like right sounds fine to me you know what i mean and not yeah. for nothing if like if drug church and fiddlehead uh are two of like the i guess young popping things even though to call either of us young is absurd <laughs> but well, i mean that's the whole like, thing too it's like what fucking morning again a dusty because they're 43 but yeah, but, like, Pat, whatever, but Pat Flynn is in his late thirties, and I'm 112. Right, but you, know like, you guys like, are brand new. Like it's yeah. Well, that's a great that's a great point. Actually, is and this is a topic for a, lo- a larger topic for another day. When do we assign dustiness? <laughs> like what what what's the uh, uh, when does that 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 mantle uh, land on somebody's uh, right? Just because you're in a new band, you know, yeah, a newer band. I mean, I no, you know what, like God. No, no, I mean, I, I just looking at the lineup and stuff. It's like there's a few bands on here that like would be pretty important for 
for my own personal fucking not even a resume, but like my own experience in playing in music and playing in hardcore that like quite of quite honestly, otherwise would never have a chance to have played with them. Yeah. I mean, that's, to a, me, that's a big deal. I've, I think yeah. I've echoed that from up uh, from the beginning of the podcast. Like we're not doing it for money. We're not doing it for like, we want experiences. So for me to be like, I'm playing with fucking cursive and Pedro the lion. When the fuck am I ever going to play with cursive and Pedro the lion? Or Elliot. Yeah. Like Elliot was a big pull for me because I love fucking Elliot. I'm not playing with Elliot. You know what I'm saying? Like there's stuff on here that like, you know, like we could play a hardcore festival. And I, of course, I mean, there's, there's no fucking change. I mean, I, obviously we love hardcore. And like I'd play any of them. But like, you know, the chance to kind of be able to play with like with other bands that like, you know, we'll play, you know, we'll play in a lineup with the with the descendants again. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I know this is part of like your kind of touring or whatever, but like for me, it's kind of like, fuck, this is like a no, cool listen, li- listen, I, I can, I can be kind of, uh, uh, I take things for granted. That's, uh, I think both of you fellows will acknowledge that's part of my nature, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, mm. so, so, like, so, uh, so, may, so when I'm in the moment, I'm maybe not paying as much attention as, as I should, but. Uh, the fact is you're not wrong. Like there's some acts that I, you know, like where would I have an opportunity to play with them again? I, I, I don't know. Uh, you're playing with E-Town and integrity <laughs> and Madball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Madball one is pretty good. I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, somebody reported to you fellas. Uh, I was geeked the time that we played with sick of it all. I was uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like embarrassing myself on stage because I was like fanboying out because yo when I was what fucking 16 the band imprinted on me in a very major way so like t- for so many years later to to play underneath them is a joy and yeah I think that there's a lot to that uh so uh, yeah you're, you're not wrong I should be looking at this with uh uh, a kind of a uh, you know just like a like a fan mentality right and i mean it's also you happen to be playing you know you'll be playing a show on maybe if it's a tour or if it's a one-off whatever the story is you'll probably be playing in front of fucking five thousand people yeah that shit's all cool you know what i'm Never saying like so fact. it's like i don't you know like for someone like us like probably not gonna get down in that general area again so, like, if you want to hear, like, Most Precious Blood, Nothing in Vain songs, this is probably going to be your shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not coming through on the next. Like, that's like, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's an experience. And, like, this is a show, like, I would, like, if it wasn't such a don't, like, I would have gone. To, I would have probably have gone to this. You know, I mean, I do full transparency. I think the X beer X thing still corny as fuck. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally whatever. forgot that was a thing. That I think that was like my main takeaway from last year. I was like, yo, that's fucking weak as shit. I still think it's weak. If they want to come up with some kind of fucking like extra grind cola or something or extra grind, you know, <laughs> bottled water. Canned or, water. Canned, canned water. Get can, no bottles. Get rid like, of plastic. Like, right. Some like liquid death type shit with an extra grind logo on it. Well, let's yeah, chat. There we go. Let's chat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think it's. Whatever, man. Like, I think, you know, people like, I I mean, I think the interesting thing is the transition from last year to this year. And it's like where we can be last year, whenever the fuck the last one happened, it wasn't wasn't last year, right? No, it was. It was. Okay. Then it was last year. 
Um, it was supposed to be the year before, right? Or it got right, it kept getting moved because yeah. of the goddamn pandemic. Yeah. So, so I think it's interesting actually to talk about because we weren't. I'd say we were critical. I think critical is a fine word to use about some of it. And and this year we're less. And so there's the first thing you guys are both playing. So it's like, ah, are we being no? I if I had that much of a problem with it, quite honestly, we wouldn't have done it. Done it exactly. We I think if anything, we highlighted some of the idea that like it felt on the outside as trying to grasp at something that it that it had 20 years ago and that to be honest it like pat said pulled a lot more young eyes than we thought mm-hmm. and that's cool and that's something we're always talking about like i'm forever wondering like yo when i go to a hardcore show and it seems like the youngest person there's 25 i'm like oh that's kind of a bummer and weird um and this year the lineup it's pretty reflective of not to say hardcore, but the larger thing that hardcore is enveloped in, as well as, you know, like punk, hardcore, adjacent, metal, core, whatever. It's got a lot. It's got a little bit of something for everyone. And like I said, like when I can count and get beyond one hand on bands, I'm like, yeah, I'd watch that. I actually would stop and, and go see that. That's good. Especially, yeah, and, yeah. and I would say for most people, they're going to be significantly beyond me on that. Can I do yeah. something obnoxious? Uh-oh. How many monthly listeners does Poison the Well have on Spotify? Oh, let's guess. Let's guess. Um, ninety-eight thousand. Yeah. All right, Patrick. I'm looking at it, so you got to guess. Oh, Patrick. all right. Um, you said ninety-eight. I'm going to go. You you got to be close. I'm going to say one hundred five. 88.5. Now, here's here's the question that you are going to – neither of you, I don't think, will have a grounding for this. I'm just uh, – the reason that it was cur- – the reason I looked it up is because I thought I saw a discrepancy in my idea of billing. Now, I'm not putting this festival together, and I trust the people that are putting it together. But how many monthly listeners does Demon Hunter have? Are either of you familiar with Demon Hunter? No. I, I no. I mean, I know of them, but I've never listed them. I, I think I looked it up and was shocked. It's like, yeah. like, like 250,000 or something like ridiculous. No, no, no. 476,000 monthly listeners. Wow. So half a million roundabout uh, monthly listeners. Bob, here's what you need to know about Demon Hunter. Uh, Demon Hunter, I want to say, is one of the fellas, maybe both of the fellas from Training for Utopia, uh, who are visual artists uh, uh, and really plugged into that uh, tooth and nail scene, that uh, solid state scene, right? Like they, okay. they did the, they did the visuals for so much of it. The Clarks, I want to say the name. And uh, they started a band after their kind of like dead guy rip off, like their Christian dead guy. Right. Okay. Which okay. I, which I actually love training for you for anybody that hasn't heard it. There's two training for utopia records that are fucking awesome. And then there's one that is, but the, the uh, it's Christian dead guy. And, after that, they did Christian Tom. Do you have any familiarity? Is this is this Christian? Uh, uh, goddamn, what's the? Uh, I always assume uh, they sounded like Kamira. Okay, may, I was thinking uh, we talked about Jesse Leach. What the fuck is uh, the? Uh, I think I in to my memory, it's like a Christian kill switch, but I could be wrong. Anyway, the point is that it's uh, Bob. It was like intentionally big room metal for christians okay uh and 
I think was kind of um, unapologetic. You have my attention on- so far. Okay. <laughs> but I think kind of unapologetic on every level. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. And, and uh, leaning uh, in, leaning in. And they're playing below Poison the Well. Now, I think Demon Hunter, I think part of the um, thing about Demon Hunter, whatever we want to call it, was that they weren't a hard touring act. I think part of the thing that was interesting about them, if I recall, and uh, our Christian metal fans <laughs> might be able to, cor- my, my, our listeners might be able to correct me, but I think that they were not a hard touring act. And that was kind of the thing like, oh, they've got families. Oh, they've got careers, but they've also got half a million monthly listeners and a bunch of records. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, but they're playing below things that uh, are. As far as you know. uh, How do you mean playing below? Oh, well, Poison the Well is a sub headline. So I, I, that's the reason I, that one, that's the reason that one jumped out to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, I don't know how much, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're a huge band. Yeah, I, I, the the Spotify stuff is really hard to tell. It, it's totally disconnected so far as I can tell and from live. It, it's really strange. Um, but yeah, I'm sure like, you know, there'll be tons of people that are there strictly for the more Christian bands, which I mean, which, which is what it was like in... honestly you know yeah yeah, there was always a divide but i mean the shows the last one was fun i mean you know other than (laughs) the drama (laughs) that went on during our set but like you know it was it was cool place is awesome andrew wk played one of the best shows i've ever seen a human being play no shit it was literally one of the craziest shows i've ever seen here's a question has andrew wk been uh forced into a memory hole um, is it is it the same Andrew WK? That's a great question. Wait, what? There's a theory. All right, so uh, when I, when I was out in Denver, I was talking about this. There's a theory. Number one, that Dave Grohl recorded that first Andrew WK record and then hired an Andrew WK. Okay. Um, and then there's a theory that there have been two different human beings playing yes. the character of Andrew WK. Yeah. So Bob, this is, this is a mantle uh, in comic book terms. It's, uh, sure, sure. it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not, not, not a person, but an identity. A, a new creative team has taken the, uh, the, the position. <laughs> yeah, taken so, in a new yeah, direction. yeah. This is, this is the Jason Todd. Um, yes. Okay. All right. I mean, the look. Danny catch. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, Tom, how many monthly listeners do you think Andrew WK has on Spotify? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to say in that 400 range. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say a little less. I'm going to say 250. 531.5. Fuck. Mm. Not bad. That first one was a lot of fun, man. So he hasn't been pushed down the memory hole totally. Not totally. And he played he played this last year. And I think that's also something to keep in mind. Like, I think last year it was supposed it was thought of as like a one-off. Yes. So it did have a more high school reunion feel. And they also kind of like you had like knocked loose and turn turnstile. And like every, you know, the few bigger, like really, 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 really big new bands were already on there. Yeah. True. Like I feel like they knew this was going to be an ongoing thing. They'd be like, well, maybe we'll get knocked loose for next year. Uh, Not to tell tales out of school, but I had a little conversation about, uh, 
uh, well, out of conversation about other people's money, but uh, about how if you book far enough in advance, you can get certain bands for a song and then never again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because sure. people's rates go up. So I, it's it's fascinating. Uh, there's a lot of bands. I, I mean, Turnstile would be a great example. I don't I don't think that this is Talent Tales out of school because any any intelligent person can assume that their festival rate has has gone up <laughs> significantly in the last year. But uh, what you could have gotten that band for two years ago versus uh, what you'd be paying today is is pretty crazy. And and that's the nature of the game. Uh, and for people that kind of don't understand how booking works at all which is a large a number of people, I find, uh, things are booked a year out. You know what I mean? So you're going with your, with your rate today and uh, we'll often find yourself uh, playing uh, on agreements that uh, don't necessarily make sense. Slides on that. Sometimes it's three months. Sometimes it's six months. A lot more often in that range, six months out. I mean, yo, this... This current drug church, church tour that's finishing up was booked well over a year ago. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, but, but that, but but that's also like, you know, some of that is there was a real panic among booking agents to get that's true. Every you know, but, but that's you're, that's you're the example. You know, you see a lot of stuff that's you feel good if you have your next six months booked. If you have your next twelve, maybe you feel good. But if you've locked in money. Uh, sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not great. Right. So that's Yo, Pat yeah. telling you to get in now while you can still afford him. Yeah. Buy, lo- buy low. Right. So uh, like next year, like festival season, don't ca- don't come at him for less than five figures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's including the that's including the decimal and the zero zero though. But I mean, <laughs> well, uh, well, the joke, not joke, is that uh, we're going to have to raise our uh, our uh, our asking price to. Uh, you know, at least sixteen hundred dollars because that's what it's going to take to get me off of uh, Australia. You know, I think today, it's a fair price. today, Pat. Are <clears throat> you? Yeah, gonna be, I mean, are you? Gonna he's going to come back with an accent. Australia. Oh God, I'd be so excited if you picked up an accent. And Can I you and work I on that, Patrick. I, know, I will. Governor. I'm sure I will just by exposure. The uh, uh, so who who lives there? Uh, the kid from Law Dispute. I either does or did live in australia right that's an american that lives an american musician that lives in australia i want to say one of the fellows from trash talk does that does that ring a bell to you yes, guys or yes, did i make that correct. up okay uh wow. i i found out 20 minutes ago the uh, kid from clock cleaner uh is doing like solo music in Canberra. oh yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah. uh shark uh, that's exactly right uh i'm trying to think Ooh, if there's his any project other... is it puerto rican flowers he did this project that was I mean, I, I like the first couple clock cleaner records and some of the later material has some tracks too, but. Um, oh, is he the kid responsible for Puerto Rican flowers? That's actually yes, pretty good. It's really good. Actually. It's really good. If, the, if people haven't heard that, that might've kind of got sifted out, but that was low key. One of the better records that came out, uh, whatever that what, was, two, six, 2016. Years? Yeah. Six years ago now. Damn. Yeah, that was good. Um, at any rate, those are uh, th- th- we'll, we're going to form a super group. Are you going to do like the come and correct version of Drug Church over there? Yes. And just Pat just taking it out on the road playing fucking. <laughs> he's gonna he's uh, gonna give them the the bet. Like, look, uh, if there's something you just need to do a weekend for while I'm here, that's fine. Just 
Brian Murray can sing, and I'll have my scabs, and we'll we'll be building a base here. Smart move. Uh, I've told my bandmates they could for one-offs they can just put together anything that sounds special enough. You know, like I mean, that's when you get like Justice or Jeremy to sing for you. Exactly. Or Pat. Yeah. Exactly. How interesting is that? That there's like a circle of dudes whose bands would have would have crossed over or did or didn't, but could have that are like now kind of in the same sphere. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I find those, I find the way that um, the fellas who, who are still around, it kind of gets boiled down to, we all know each other. I, I think that that's kind of an interesting phenomenon. Well, um, yo, I will, I will pitch that because I was thinking about this today while I was cleaning dishes. This music scene, hardcore in general, is so much smaller than people realize. Yes. By benefit of just being around for X amount of time and doing stuff. If you're, if you, yo, look, I want to shout out the people who don't do stuff other than go to shows, enjoy it, and then live their lives. I love you. I envy yeah, you. Shout, shout out. Shout out. Um, you are important and cool. Thank you. To the people who do stuff, love you too you're cool too great 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 but you end up knowing people and it reminds you how much smaller the world is of people who do stuff um just because it's like there's no reason per se to know all these people but you just do because of this world are there other things like that is that the way everything is no i don't know i'd say there's a lot of subcultures that probably like, look, if you're into like garage, I'm sure that mm-hmm. you know the other garage guys. And I'm, <clears throat> if you're, you know, I, I, stuff like EDM seems a little too large to me, but maybe, you know, but maybe even like stuff that like like Andy does. That's which, like so, so which sort of oh, 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 like herpetology and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you do. There ends up being some overlap. Like, like this is a guy. This is the guy you end up in meeting people because yeah, you, you end up meeting people because like. Oh yeah, I'm going here. Oh, this guy knows this guy, and yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's small um, enough and weird enough, just like hardcore, that people like not a ton of folks being involved. Man, you just made a new hardcore T-shirt. Small enough and weird enough, hardcore. There you go. There you go, Pat. <laughs> um, print, print, print it now. Print it. Uh, I I do think about that. I think it's it's interesting because for all the good things. The, the level of acrimony about something that in reality is a pretty small interconnected network can get, can get mm, unsettling. Um, uh, I, I had to, I had to take a breath the other day because I found myself there's, there's, we're down to very few people, maybe like 15 people in all of hardcore music that I've got any type of problem with. You know what I mean? And when I say problem, that's good. good. When I say problem, I mean like it's an extended, like are people like I have a problem with somebody that you're tight with, so maybe we've got a problem. Do do you know what I mean? That's not an on-site type thing. thing. Not at all. No, not an on-site. It's an extended slight. Yeah, yeah. and and truthfully, it's just a hey. If we're going to shake hands, let me just let me just address this real quick, and then we can go back to being normal if, if that's something you want to do you, you, you know what i mean like it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of the, sort of that sort of thing uh it, so it's not a lot of people and there's maybe like what three that i've got a real problem with of any type 
Uh, but I was, I was reflecting on it because I saw a photograph of somebody that I do not like. And I, I was thinking, I got to get it out of my soul because I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm getting to the age where if you are wishing people ill will, you look fucking pathetic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just look, you just look like a fucking decrepit old fucking weird goblin. So uh, even if you're being, even if you're forcing it, I think after a certain age, you've got to do be the guy that's like, just hope everybody's staying safe, doing the right things. Uh, all right. God bless. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, because I think, I think once you got a little bit of gray in your hair, you are hating, you you look so much like a fucking hater. Yo, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and it's the um boy. Maybe you we maybe you at a younger age you just have more vic and vigor and can deal with a little more hate in your system, but you might just have more time. Oh, that's I mean and that's hey. what it boils down to because, yo, the negativity of that, oh, it'll consume. And, and, and I almost get mad if I have any of it that it's even taking up any of my head space. And so now it's just explode, like move away from it and like push it far as far as I can away and just detach and, and hey, good health. You know, that's all. Okay. So you, you, you know how, like, when I do, I get asked by interviewers a lot. How do you find the time to do all your shit? Right. And like, I always say it seems ridiculous to me because I'm not doing that much, but let's say that I am. It's only cause I'm not fighting people online. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, where do you, where do you find the time? Oh, I, I made the time by not uh, staying up till 2 AM waiting for this idiot to respond so that I can jump on his shit. You know what I mean? So, so like that's, that's where I found the time. Yo, I have been playing. Um, I think I mentioned it's this weird, like uh, basketball, this like uh, uh, agent simulator thing that has been my okay. I'm gonna go click open to one of the social medias. Ah, uh, no, I'll go to this. I am uh, currently uh, have a net worth of two billion dollars. That's what happens when you don't go online. You become a billionaire. That's that's just what it is. Stop opening Instagram, become a billionaire. That's what it is. It's hard in the van. I got to say that. So, it's, so it's hard. Give it to us. Well, in a van, you can, there's certain guys that have like laser focus. They can be super productive, et cetera. They usually end up being tour managers, you know, but like for, for most of us, got one. If for most of us, there's a, just the noise. It's, you can't do anything well. 
So what you end up doing is bullshit. And that's shit like looking at Instagram and being like, oh, that's weird. He hasn't posted about his wife in a long time. Let me, oh no. You know what I mean? Like you do, like that's the shit that you find yourself doing. Like you get yourself into nobody's business territory where you're like, where where you're like, oh, oh, that, oh yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Last time I saw that they were, uh, they were going on vacation. Oh, who's this? Oh, I don't, I don't know this person. Then you become like the sleuth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oh shit, she hasn't liked some, his photos since (gasps) November, 2020. What the fuck? I never, I never go that, I never go that deep. Oh, I know quite a few people that'll go that deep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but but you can still find yourself caring about shit that you don't care about. Like, I, like frankly, do not care about. Does nothing for your life. But you can still, in a, if you are in a van for fifteen hours, as I was yesterday, you can find yourself being like, "Huh? Oh, that? Oh, oh, okay, all right, all right, that's interesting." You know, what I mean? and and that's how that works because uh, certainly both of you gentlemen will remember. But Bob was probably living with me at the time. Moments where I have too much free time. And I'll just be like, oh, let's get in trouble online, huh? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, when I bring you up, like when the podcast comes up and they're like, and they're like, who's, so it's Bob and who's the other guy? I'm like, Patrick, they're like, the guy from Bridge Nine Board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're still known for that. Yeah, the, you know, the, like, I'm very blessed. Yeah, um, I mean, it's really, it's, it should be something that you're proud of. But, um, so the, the, the point of, of this is, um, if you find yourself down that hole, uh, you know what a wise man said? If you're in a hole, stop digging. Yes. St- stop digging. Get out of the hole. Um, you may find yourself. Yes. <laughs> at the bottom of a hole. <laughs> in the bottom of a hole in a giant suit. Um, um, yo, so what else is going on in hardcore today? Oh, uh, just to let people know, um, quick uh, audience touch base. Mosh Madness just had a pause because it's a little harder to do with the uh, inconsistent schedule. We had a bunch of preloaded recorded episodes. Uh, It will be returning very shortly. So um, we will finish it by the World Series. Yes. No question. Probably before. Hopefully, maybe by like the NBA finals. No, maybe not. That's pretty. No, we'll we'll finish it by the end of the summer for sure, though. All right. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll finish it before the end of the summer. We can. That's that's a. that's bet. Okay, folks. Um, so, uh, but hardcore of the day, Patrick, what else are you hearing out on the streets? You're in the streets. You know what I mean? Uh, he's, he's of the night, you know, I think I've, I think I've mentioned this probably, but we're playing with soul blind and I've rarely seen a band pick up fans as readily as this band does. So every show they play, they're absorbing some of drug church's audience and it it, it, i mean it's 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 honestly what you hope for when you like pick a support act and as a support act it's a hundred percent what you hope for but i think that part of it is that they're a really great live band Uh, i think part of it is that their songs are catchy but i think part of it is also like this is kind of the the sound that they're mining is an interesting Maybe to some people, maybe if you're older, it seems obvious or whatever. But I, I think that if you're younger, it's a really interesting pull. You know, right. like it, it's yeah. a, <clears throat> it's it's grunge, but it also borrows. I mean, I don't know if they started. I haven't heard their earliest material, but I don't know if they started as more of kind of like one of these louder shoegaze style acts. You know, like <laughs> like or new new gaze. 
it, it's conceivable that they did, but now they have legitimately heavy parts. And the, I think that there's kind of something, um, something that'll always grab you about that. But I, I think that that, that grunge, okay, sure. But then that alternative that was on the fringes of grunge, which is, well, it's the, what, it's the heaviness. It's the gritty, yeah. ugly heaviness. That's cool. Yeah. But, I think that they borrow more from the fringe of grunge than any direct grunge thing. So what that does in my view is it doesn't give you an immediate, you could say Alice in Chains because they definitely, they have plenty of Alice in Chains in them, but it's not exact. And there, there's something, there's something from the fringe of that sound that is it's not the entry level. So you can't just reach for it the way that you can reach for Alice in Chains, right? If something sounded exactly like Alice in Chains, you go, oh yeah, it sounds like a fucking Alice in Chains, right? But like, if something is like, yeah, you're like, I don't, I don't know, um, maybe some like, you know, Candlebox or whatever. And half the people, you know, if you're under 35, you're going to be looking at me like, what the fuck's Candlebox? And then I can go, dickhead, your dad listens to active rock radio when he yeah, does, when he paints, yeah, if you're when he paints. <laughs> you know what it You've is? You've far behind. it's the um yeah that's interesting yeah you could say it's like um the uh deep cut tracks off the 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 candle box album the big one um there's there's that element of grunge i think if you really plugged if you wanted to sell this to someone cool you'd say yo find yourself a halfway point between my bloody valentine and the melvins with a heavy dash of allison chains and People will be like, oh, that's interesting because that's kind of where I find Soulblind. I hear that. Even though I feel like they're more aggressive in a live performance than that even gives credit for. So yeah, I think it's I think it's cool as hell. And that's like I don't know when they're doing a full length proper. They uh, are a full length band to me. That's what I'm waiting for. I think the my, I think their last EP was very good. I'm excited to hear what's coming next, but I'm waiting for full length. My understanding is it is recorded. It is currently being mixed. All right. Love to hear it. Um, any yeah, other I mean, that, was a good, that was a good idea for, for getting so blind on that tour, Bob. Oh, oh, it, it credits credit to uh, the group credit, chat. Yeah. Credit to the chat credit to, um, I think the other drug chat churches were soul blind heads too. Right. So, so Corey, who just opened the door, uh, has been pumping this band since they were on the demo. So, uh, yeah, so uh, that was part of it, was part of just like, a, do we have any names? Corey's got a name. Corey fucking loves a soul blind band. And it's like, I'd met them once, thought they were cool. Uh, and honestly, you know, not to sound crass, their Spotify numbers are shockingly good for a band that do, do, doesn't have an extensive tour history. Like um, they're Tom, not let's, here. Let's let me just do this. Guess <clears throat> them, Tom. Guess what Soulblind's monthly listeners are. Fifty-eight. So, no, that uh, would be shocking. That would be about forty-three, which is still crazy. That's nuts for a band with I mean, you know a couple singles out. Does that put them above Rollins Band? Take a look. I, it almost did the other day. It almost did the other day. Yeah, I don't, maybe they've gone past them now. Um, see, Rollins Band, uh, 46. They're getting there. And okay. this is only only End of Silence is on there. They need to get Lifetime on here. Um, Nobody's going to listen anyway. I'm, uh, it's something we should talk about someday is that nobody actually listens to Rollins. So Rollins just did a spoken word tour that I guess did very well. However, no music. 
that's well that's the that's the i mean yo he was doing those like stand-up tours and spoken word things in the 90s that were hugely successful to the point where there was a um a cottage industry of people selling bootleg videos of them that's what people know him from now yeah you know like if if, it's just straight up i listen i don't want to disrespect people that are fucking more successful than me but like i I was listening to two comic creators talk about henry rollins only in terms of his spoken word and then they briefly acknowledged black flag as a thing that they weren't really familiar with and but just that it was really punk you know what i mean like oh really punk whatever but like so he has this like for uh, lack of a better word normie he, he has this uh uh credibility that they don't need to know anything more about he's had a second career yeah and then he's got uh, the second career that's probably healthy, bigger healthy yeah no i mean which is crazy well, all right so for the uninitiated like uh, if you haven't heard Black Flag, uh, you should probably stop the podcast and go listen to Black Flag. But we're going to assume you have that that even Wilson from Westchester has heard Black Flag and knows that Henry Rollins sang for them. I think Rollins, man, has been lost to the sands of time quite a bit. Um, they had hits. Had hits. So they had, if you are a person into heavier hardcore, the record Lifetime is awesome in a way where it borders up to metal but never goes metal almost at all like i i love it it's heavy and weird if it, in the it, way it, that later black weird. flag is but without the weird greg gin do 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 i would scale i would put it here's a here's a take i would put it as the middle point between helmet and red hot chili peppers well i think they go more chill. okay yeah I'm, I'm not even mad at that I think there's some better Sonic references because Lifetime predates it, but certainly oh, sure, by but certainly by um, what's the record that Liar is on? Because there was End of Silence, and then there was one after that. Yes, so the, it actually hits MTV Buzzbin yeah. has a has a music video that's super popular and ends up being like mid tier Lollapalooza tour band, you know? Yes. Uh, I mean, that was that was the 100% their pocket. Their little lane was the alt metal crowd. Yeah. Like, oh, we we can go and probably play 5000 cap rooms uh, as a almost headliner in our strong spots. And in our weak spots, we we're probably able to draw twenty five hundred. Oh, also, we play with Ozzy some days and L7 others. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so this is a band who has been completely lost. I, I think Rollins band essentially s- slows down a lot by the late nineties. In that meantime, Rollins starts doing the acting thing in the late eighties, continues, continues it with some success in the nineties, as well as doing spoken word for the past 10 years. He's done a podcast, but otherwise been pretty light in public facing stuff. I mean, he's in every punk documentary. That's pretty much it. In a, in a bunch of punk documentaries, has had some small bit role acting stuff, but but I I feel like that's for like, uh, like almost to the point where it feels like it's like, oh, you know what? I want to replace the garage door on my garage. Let me go do this day roll on on SVU. Sure, there. I just paid for the new garage door. Fine. It, his podcast is actually. Well, I mean, has, he hasn't put on a new one in a long time, but, his, but it was it's good, actually right? pretty good. Yeah, it's I fun. bet so. I mean, he's an excellent order. So, um, but he, sometimes he's up his own b hole, and this time, like 
he's on there. I think with his like, I don't know if it's his manager, Heidi. It's someone who it seems he has a very close relationship with. Right. And she can call is. him on his bullshit. So it's like it's it's a lot more fun than you would think. Like, a, and then day 74 I'm in South Dakota, punk spitting on me, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. That, you know? <laughs> the get in the van. But so anyways, I, it's kind of wild to someone. If you got into music in the 90s, hearing that someone in 2022 would be like Rollins van. What are you even talking? I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, probably wild. bigger than Black Flag in, in a lot of ways. Oh, for, uh, uh, not, for me- sure. not memory, but for sure in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I like, mean, Liar was like a hit. It was like on MTV constantly. Yeah. Like, there's a chance, numbers wise, the record that Liar's on it might do numbers out. that compete with, with, with the biggest whatever, black flag with record. the biggest or, black flag record yeah. because of just the way, the way that records sold back then, you know? Um, also, uh, not for nothing, heard from friend of a friend that Rollins uh, was very cool and engaging in a personal uh, interaction recently. And okay. it, was, uh, it, it was on Wait, which is 94, the record uh, after um, right after End of Silence, I believe. Right. Yes. So, uh, and this record, geez, let's see this. This it charted. I mean, it was Pretty big record. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> Hit number three on US Billboard. You know what I didn't realize? And then I remember oh, reading, the, I, I was doing some like background <clears throat> on, on Rollins Band because, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. That some of the dudes in Rollins Band were in Greg Ginn's old band. Oh, really? In Gone? Yeah. So soon after Rollins formed Rollins Band with Haskett, Andrew Weiss and drummer Sim Kane, Weiss and Kane had previously played with Gone, an instrumental rock group led by guitarist and Black Flag founder Greg Ginn. Oh, um, God. He, how salty was he? Right. And then, yeah, then because they formed in like, I feel like they were a Jersey band for a while. Yes. Uh, so Rollins was living outside of Trenton. And yeah, they were formed. Uh, and you know, like, so I believe, you know, like I city wasn't there. Early yeah, on. They, they, they played some city gardens shows early on in their career. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy for sure. Yeah. Um, interesting. And, and I, I will, I will stand behind lifetime as a record. There's, there's another that I, I like, um, but shout out to Rollins band. Um, their streaming numbers being that low is pretty wild. And I have to imagine some of that is that some of these records just aren't really available. They're kind of just like in between things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, this record came out on Imago. Imago. Right. Right. Like, yes. you know, do you even, what, what is that label guys? Uh, let's oh, see Ron's band, Amy on. Mann, Paula right. Cole. I don't know what love spit love is. Yeah. Oh, the dude, oh, yeah. oh, the dude from Psychedelic Furs. Oh, look at this. Yeah, you would know that. You would know Love Spit Love's I like. I think I would. The hit. Well, they're like, they had a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Imago, Imago, whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yo, we've, we've spun the gamut. Do we got anything else, guys? Oh, can I tell I I went to Denver. Oh, yo, yeah. We didn't even get into this. Let's talk, let's talk Denver because you also. Uh, Let's consider this um, a pit report slash vacay report. Sure. Okay. Um, so should I start from the shitty beginning or the rest of the good stuff? Let's start with the bad part. Yeah. All right. So I'm flying out to Denver, Colorado on this on a Thursday. I'm supposed to get there about two o'clock. Shows not till uh, seven ish. 
perfect. I get, you know, I'm supposed to get into Denver, get to the hotel, probably, you know, shower and go to the show. I'm very excited. Um, my flight ends up being delayed by six hours. Oh. I'm in LaGuardia from, uh, oh. I got there at nine 45 and we didn't take off till almost five 30. So I did like a full-time job in, in LaGuardia, the new LaGuardia, which is actually <laughs> kind of nice. I've heard that. It's I heard got, it's, it's like, gotta be it's an like upgrade. night and day. I heard, I heard it's not mm-hmm. just like uh, better than old LaGuardia. It's like, no, this is now pretty No, nice. this is how like we should have airports in the United States. Of America. I mean, it's very nice. So um, it kept getting pushed back by like 20 minutes, a half an hour, like every 20. Like, so it'd be like, oh, cool. We're leaving at two. Then it's 2.30. Then it's three. Then it's like two o'clock. And they're like, our plane is has not left, left Tampa yet. I'm like, well, that's a problem because <laughs> I'm in Queens. So um, I'm getting like texts and all this other stuff and messages. And they're like, you hear yet? I'm like, dude, I haven't even landed yet. They're like, well, Sam, I am about to go on. I was like, well, I ain't going to get there for that. I literally got there. So I pay. I bought tickets to the show. I got there for the last six songs of a 27 song descendant set. Fuck. But I mean, that it, it was 50 minutes. It's like so fast. And then I got to see Jawbreaker. Okay. Okay. So, you know. Whatever, whatever. So, like, it was getting to see them was great. You know, I had seen them before playing those songs. I got to like ran into a friend, Rob. My buddy Mark took care of us. You know, he took care of me, kind of showed me around town. Um, I met Adam from Convulse. Nice. Um, doing great stuff out there. Uh, met Chris yeah. from Fum, uh, who we always called Fame. Oh yeah, we, we do call him Fame. They're yeah, so I go. Fame. I'm really sorry. I'm an idiot. And he's like. He's like, I had no idea how to say it either. Imagine me being in France and saying it wrong. I'm like, all right, cool. I was, we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> got to hang out with a bunch of folks out there. It was great. So then talking to our buddy Christian, who was on the podcast, I go, so I missed the whole fucking thing. You know, like this whole trip was for this show and to see Sam I am and, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, um, he's like, are you still in Denver? I was like, yeah. And he's like, would you go again? I go, yeah, I'd go again. So he's like, all right, hold on. So he, this motherfucker this beautiful bastard gets me into the show gets me like, like a, a spot standing, like sitting right above the stage, watching the whole thing. Now, mind yeah. you, Sam, I am went on at six 30. The show ended at 1130. Okay. Oh, it's a wow. pretty long show. Yeah. Um, Sam, I am was awesome. They played exactly. They played from literally from six 30 to seven places mobbed. The place fits about, 4,000 people. Yeah. And it was like 4,000 people they killed. Face face to face, who I liked one record like 25 years ago. Incredible. Really? Really? I mean, they they were like a pro core punk band, like at a time where, you know, you could make money doing that. They were a real band, like a proper band. Oh, yeah. And they were like super impressive. They sounded great. Crowd went bonkers for them i had no idea what to expect i hadn't seen them in probably 20 years they were great they were awesome the sentence were awesome did a uh they did like they played mr bass they played like songs off of like that i have never seen them play before they were awesome um and then jawbreaker was great played so they it was supposed to be a um a dear you like playthrough Right. But I think they did it like one night and they're like, yo, this sucks. <laughs> like the whole tour is based on them doing this record. So now they <clears> split <throat> the record up. 
they play every song from the record, but it's interspersed between like a in, in like a normal set list. Okay. All right. Which is cool. I mean, it worked out great. Um, they played Chesterfield King, which is one of my favorite songs ever. That I've I've gone to see them like seven or eight times. They've never played it once. Um, so that was awesome. Cool story. Um Related to that, a buddy of mine, Steve, his 14-year-old's favorite bands are Jawbreaker and Descendants, right? Nice. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Young kid. Um, obviously, he's 14. Well, he's about to turn 14. So um, this is a big, giant venue in, in called the Fillmore in Denver. 4,000 people. Sold out two nights. Nuts. Um, he buys a ticket. They won't let the kid in because it's 16 and up. So he ends up DMing the Jawbreaker um instagram and it was like you know here's a story i don't know if there's anything that can, you know you can do to like talk to the management or whatever whatever and he said like two minutes later he gets a dm back with his full name and it's like steve plus two he's like i got you I'm like all right yeah. they show up they still give him a hard time i i show up at the venue i see him, like him waiting near the buses literally two-thirds of drawbreaker come out to like help the guy and they end up getting his son in by like he's like pick up those boxes of merch and walk in and just keep walking keep your head down and don't talk to anybody and that's how we got them in that's cool so like that's jawbreaker really cool. who's playing in front of fucking eight thousand people over the course of two nights like took the time out to like help get this like 14 year old kid in yeah that's cool which i thought was the fucking coolest thing. it was like so fucking awesome um and then i went to a rockies game nice solo i was like fuck it i gotta see this, see this dodgers how was yeah it? it was cool i didn't say for the whole game because I was like fucking exhausted. Um, yeah, that's the thing about baseball games. Sometimes you can just pop in and pop out. It's cool. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of see the place, you know, because it's always been such a nice. Uh, it's been always been spoken about as such a nice venue. Um, but yeah, the, the Jawbreak, the the show itself was great. Um, I, I, if you're within the sound of my voice and you like Jawbreaker and you like Dear You, I would really recommend you going to see them on this on this tour. I thought they were awesome, and they play like some other songs too. So it's like. Um, you won't be disappointed. Um, they have a f- second guitar player for the Dear You stuff since it's pretty, um, there's a lot to it. So they have somebody that comes out and, and plays with them. Um, yeah, face to face was like specifically like really super impressive. I did not expect to be, I was like, ah, Sam I am. I love Sam I am. Love the sentence. I was like, ah, this is going to be a pain in the ass to sit through. And they were fucking awesome. Um, yeah. And then I came back. I flew back to New York, had nobody sit next to me, which is a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. And then there was a shooting at the uh, train station <laughs> that I took Ugh. for my entire life growing yeah, up. Yeah, that's your that's your neighborhood. I, it was my first thought. Yeah. A lot of people are like, you okay? I'm like, I've lived there forever. But like, I literally, like, I took that to school every day. Ugh. Like, and like seeing those videos, I was like, fuck, I know exactly. Like, I've seen that a million times. And um, hopefully by the time you hear this, something will have been... You know, nobody died, thankfully. Um, but it's some fucking scary shit. I uh, can I expand on your show going experience uh, to talk about uh, the Lemonheads performance. Uh, oh, did you anyone did? Do you know anyone went? Because I heard really terrible things and it makes me sad. Yeah. So a couple friends went and uh, I saw a number of videos and. The videos, I thought when people were like, yeah, this it was really bad. I thought, listen. Like, how bad can it uh, be? Those songs are great. Those songs are great. And it's also like, they've got a bit 
of a uh, replacement sort of thing going where if it fall, if it goes off the rails, it goes off the rails. Fuck it. Right. Right. right? But it was, it was, uh, it was upsetting is what it was. The, the videos were upsetting. <clears throat> now, uh, my understanding is, and our listeners can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. I don't keep too much abreast of it, but they were they were supposed to do other shows, maybe just one more, or two more. Well, I'm going to see were, them in Philly. Well, no, but they were dropped from the Jawbreaker ones. I heard. Is that correct? Oh well, oh, well, I'm supposed to go see them opening for Jawbreaker in Philly because they're doing. It's a shame about Ray in total. Okay, so I that might not be happening then. I heard no, but again, I this isn't like something I'm super keeping up, but I just heard that they were dropped from it. But here's my question to you, fellas: If somebody was having a late in life drug problem moment on stage, does this ruin your show going experience, or is this almost? Maybe it's sad, but is it almost a? Well, I definitely saw, I definitely fucking saw something. Which one is it for you, fellas? I think it's sad. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Especially someone whose music, like I love those records, and like it's baked into like those records that he he was kind of an, an addict and kind of yeah. It was like the romance of being like in love and being like a drug addict. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I think I, that's why I'm maybe drawn to the stuff where it's, it seems much more innocent, like hate your friends sort of stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, is that the name of the record? Yeah. The, the uh, like, I, I like that material, which is to me just kind of fun, clangy around punkish sort of guitar rock, you know, but like, it's not, it doesn't carry that same weight of, oh yeah, this motherfucker's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> so right, like maybe right. that's why I like it. But I just was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know if, again, everybody, uh, not to ruin your tickets, I don't fucking know what's real. But like, if, if they were dropped from something for a bad performance, I just, I, I don't know what your responsibilities are. That's a grown man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's nobody's job to look out for him, except for him and maybe his family. But like, if, <clears throat> if a 58 year old man is having a thing but i respect him as a man i guess you're gonna have the maybe we'll have a thing tomorrow too <laughs> you know what I mean? like because i'm not correcting him like i wouldn't i wouldn't invite like you know i i don't maybe these fellows are clean now i don't know whatever but like <laughs> but like i would i, I wouldn't invite like i hate god on a thing and be like and be like i don't know they're doing some i hate god shit it's upsetting you know what but i mean <laughs> he had been clean for a long time and like because there's been times i've seen the seen jawbreaker i mean i'm sorry seen lemonheads where they were like incredible yeah like unbelievable like on point he was clean like they were just fucking unbelievable and like the last time i saw them i think we talked about it on here like i left because he was like it was supposed to be over by 11 and like he it it took him 10 minutes to tune his guitar and like he ended like he was like doing cover like like literally it's like unknown jam evan on drums and it was that was like 28 songs into the set i was just like yo i'm out and i left like and he was like singing covers into the snare mic uh, see i would love to watch that unless it was unless it was like truly tragic you know what i mean, but, I mean like, isn't like, that tragic like this dude could have been you know like, I, there's something really and apparently in this one like 
He didn't, he forgot the words, had to restart stuff, like took his shoes off and threw them into the crowd. Like really like so, th- someone who needs like immediate help. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's tough because like I said, he's, you know, he, this isn't a fella tri- like stumbling into an addiction. This is a guy who's lived his life the way that he's lived his life. Uh, you know, whose responsibility is it to monitor him? And I guess, is there something wrong with us finding a, a novelty in what's happening? Maybe. Yeah, I, don't I, know, think, but, I think a novelty in it is, is wrong. But suspending well, judgment is not. You know what I mean? No. I, yeah, I listen. I don't think anybody that went to that and was like, you know, fuck this guy is, is confused. But uh, Bob, here's a, here's a counterpoint. And maybe this one will hit for Tom because he might be a fan. Uh, for years, cat power famously, you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't rely on a cat power show. Right. 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 And so you're just saying for just the show of it, is it, can you go and see it and appreciate, even if it's not great, it was an experience. Yeah. Even if it's, even, I mean, yeah, even if it's horrible, even, even yeah. if it's a meltdown, um, and uh, you know, like for um, for a time, uh, you know, we have a, such. It's, uh, maybe this is interesting, maybe not, but it's <clears throat> there's something to be said about the way that we frame uh, mental health stuff because uh, cat power. It was almost part of the appeal for a while. Yeah, and I've seen cat power have like transcendent, amazing shows and uh, that some terrible shows, and I think. Fiona Apple was like that. That was like, you don't yeah. know what you're going to get. It could be, right. you know, but that's, I think that's more mental health than like, you know, like one of my favorite bands is Lucero, right? There are times that I've seen them drink so much that you're like, to me, that was different. Like I've seen them like go past curfew and like, you know, throw their guitar pedals into the crowd and just like play without the PA. Like then it's like, all right, this is, I'm along for the ride because half your songs about drinking whiskey. But like watching Evan Dando, who like, you know, is such an incredible songwriter, just like fall apart in front of you. Like I saw a picture of him with a friend of ours' son. Mm-hmm. Um, from right before those Wilton that Wilton show, right. and like he looks like there's something gone, uh, gone. He, gone yeah, he's, he's not he's not killing it. But, I mean, that, that no, but I think like that. he was more of a heroin guy from from what i've learned over the years he looked very um like that he might have been using like meth oh okay i don't know i mean i could be wrong but like yeah i mean i i don't i i don't get any joy of seeing like i cringe when i see people having like meltdowns it's never fun to me at least like it's it's heartbreaking to kind of see because that dude should be a fucking multimillionaire living in the lap of luxury for the songs that he's been he's written and he could never keep it together long enough to really kind of get what he deserved. Yeah. My personal opinion. I mean it's it's different for everybody, but it does look like he's off they're off the show in uh, Philly. Oh, okay. So I, I was I wasn't just talking out of my ass. No, it looks uh, that way unless it's let me see. Let's call, let's call him a, a, a TB, TBD. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I found it really interesting because it, it, it's a, it's a fine line between something that is a kind of a, a freak show or, or, or a horror show and something that is uh, you're witnessing a human moment, you, you know? And uh, when it comes to drug addiction, obviously it tends to fall more into that horror show sort of thing. But 
the uh I, I don't know. I, I'm just fascinated by how many honest moments do you get on a stage with like professional performers? You know, yeah. Who, who've been there? But I mean, I think there's a times, difference. Right? I mean, I've gone to see people that have like broke down crying in the middle of a song because it's like affecting them in a certain way or whatever. That's one thing. But like watching someone like I don't know if that's an honest moment. Them like being like so fucked up that they couldn't do like the. I band. mean, it's not. It's, it's candid, if nothing else. Sure, <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, it's just an interesting thing. I guess it is. I guess it is. Uh, uh, the more I'm reflecting on it, because I did watch the video. It's not good. <laughs> no, I haven't watched any of it yet, just because it's, you know, like uh, it's it's rough to see because it's like, you know, it's 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 sad, you know, and it's like I, I look at you know like how you like same thing with like Kanye and stuff. I'm like this dude obviously needs help. Yeah, like where is where are all these people that are around to like give them a fucking hand? Well, there's this weird there's a weird voyeur angle to it because even in you know we can Kanye is a good example to use from a, a large scale and then you shrink it down to a small scale and and you all of a sudden go wait is there a responsibility in an audience to the artist um, who's performing because that's the interesting part like. If the the artist is there performing on a stage, Patrick's asking an interesting question: How many honest moments do you get? Versus, and honest is is tough because it's just real. If it's genuine and real, you know, is there a performative element to what they're doing when it's going off the rails? And and it, sometimes people might lean in and and have that. I think there's examples of that through history. And then there's other moments where it's not. And I, I don't think that it, I think it can be fascinating and very deeply sad at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, it does. You know, and I, I don't, I think it's okay for us to step away from a thing and say that and be able to say that. And also just think about the context of it. I, I think it's kind of, it's this weird, you know, we we talk about it frequently. We don't want to speculate on people's money, and I don't want to speculate too much on a person's state of health and well-being, other than to wish them for good. Um, and and when it's played out on stage, it can be rough, it can be messy, and and it's not to say that's not it's it's one of those like no, don't speak on this kind of thing. But you don't. I, I don't want to stare at it either, and and try to bring additional attention to it. If that if that makes sense, it makes enough sense to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know the 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 number of. Uh, sh- I always refer re- refer to one show where I saw a really raw human moment, and I, it, what's interesting is that. If you, if we, the three of us reflected on this, I wonder how frequently or infrequently it would be one of the hundreds of hardcore shows that we've seen and surprisingly probably not as many as as we would think um yeah because also a thing with hardcore is that there's like there's uh the performative part for at least some of the music that we all enjoy requires uh a a machismo you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Uh, of a type of a type like uh like i can't be penetrated i'm i'm harder than this situation you know um so that's one part of it and then the other part of it is uh kind of the part that people really like which is that it's not a professional it's not a professional genre in a lot of respects 
So you're getting a lot of people who are kind of, um, they haven't gone far enough. Um, they haven't been solid enough on a stage to be weak on a stage. Does that make sense? Like they, they haven't, um, uh, maybe you have to be really good at something before you can be vulnerable at it. And before that, you're just trying to, you're just trying not to fall apart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, you're just trying to uh, yeah, right. keep, well, keep the wheels well, on. And there might be, you know, like exceptions to every rule, but you're not wrong. I, I think I, I see what you're saying too. Um, huh. It's interesting to think about somebody's first experience going on the stage as a hardcore, as singer of a hardcore band. Um, and that difference between, okay, I'm going up on stage and like how different that is than being in like a fucking talent show or something as a child, you know, and the nerves yeah. and all that. And that you're going to go perform. But you're also supposed to be performing this very real, very, you know, uh, some, some people might find it cathartic, but at the very least, you're supposed to be genuine expression. Um, and then the contrast between that and then actually getting good at the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you have to regulate yourself a little bit because you could blow your whole shit out in the first song. <laughs> so you have, you know. Yeah, I, I think that there's so much to like not being like that lack of professionalism is obviously something that we all value, but it's also, you know, if you're white knuckle gripping the experience, like this could go bad. Uh, then I, I don't know how I, yeah. I don't know how much, like. The human moment that I saw, which, by the way, somebody on this tour pointed out that old people from the Northeast pronounce human the way that I pronounce human. And I said, oh, shit, (laughs) (laughs) which which is true. But uh, I I always I mean, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast. It was Morrissey. And there's nobody more seasoned than Morrissey, like in the world. (laughs) So like uh, but I think he was able to have that moment because he's a machine and when the machine when there's a little defect in the machine you can register it pretty pretty immediately you know like so so, uh but i don't know if somebody that uh you know has only played 30 shows in their life or like is still trying to develop who they are on a stage uh, i don't know if they can really have that i could be wrong maybe there's somebody that has that every night but uh but anyway a thing to reflect on um, mm. Yo, I think I think you got a uh, a drug church set to get to, and we got some pit reports to play. Uh, those are facts. I I will uh, to the people of Arizona. I'm about to do my best. Do your best, everyone. What's up? This is Kevin Hare with a, a gig report of the Gridiron record release. It was uh, Gridiron Jesus Peace. Uh, Division of Mind, Queensway, Invoke, Moment of Truth, Surprise Set, Carried by Six at the uh, Polish Club in lovely Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. 600 people packed in a basement of a Polish club, and this was an absolutely incredible gig. It was one of the best shows, I think, maybe ever in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Gridiron record release, uh, sorry, the Gridiron set was incredible. Uh, they played for like a half hour. There were about 75 people on stage. The vibes were right. The pit was crazy. Uh, total mosh, stage dive, sing-along, everything. It was just 
one of those you had to be there gigs that people will talk about for years to come. So, Gridiron Record Release, all timer. What's up, guys? This is Stefan up in Everett, Washington, calling in with another Pit Report. So, last weekend, uh, Saturday, April 9th, 2022, I checked out the Touche Amore Vein Military Gun Scowl Tour in Seattle. Um, I think somebody else had already called in on this one, but this will seem like a pretty special show to me, so I wanted to uh, share my experience with it. Uh, so the gig was at the Crocodile in downtown Seattle. Uh, the venue recently moved to a new location, and it's a great space, uh, open space, good sound, good vibes. Um, and so, first of all, uh, I was stoked to go to this show because I got to see my buddy Mac, who's been holding it down on merch duties for Touche this tour. Uh, Mac is from Alaska, so am I. So Alaska Hardcore represent. Mac, thank you for everything you do, booking shows in Alaska, keeping it real over there. And uh, shout out to all the, the merch folks uh, holding it down and supporting bands. It's a big job. So, um, yeah, first up was Scowl. Unfortunately, I missed their most of their set. I came in for like the last two riffs of the last song because of traffic. And the gig started a little early, so um, I'll definitely check them out next time they're in the Northwest. Um, but next up was Military Gun, and for me, this was the highlight of of the night. Uh, there was a lot of guest vocalists for this set. Um, it was kind of a homecoming set for, for Military Gun. Um, Ian shouted out being from Enumclaw. Washington, sort of a rural part of Washington. Um, and so the first uh, guest vocalist was Mark Palm uh, of Super Crush, formerly of Go It Alone and, and Back Black Breath. Um, and so they sang the uh, Pressure Cooker song, the, the collaboration with Daisy that they did together, and it sounded great. Um, every song sounded great, super energetic, super professional. Um, Ian has great stage presence as a front man. Um, and so the, the next special thing about this set was um, Ian passing the mic to his brother, Max. So as I'm sure a lot of the listeners here know, the story of Regional Justice Center, Ian's brother, Max, faced some unfortunate circumstances and spend some time inside and I believe he was just released this year and so uh, he took the mic for part of a song and he killed it uh, you know soup obviously had some things to work out and uh, was very energetic um, and so Ian look out you know your brother Max has some some mic skills I don't know watch out uh, so anyways great set from military gun I've been really wanting to see them uh, since they came out with their first 7-inch, and I'm, I'm super stoked to see where they go. Uh, next up was Vane, and so Vane also faced some unfortunate circumstances with their drummer. Um, apparently, he broke his wrist from part of the tour while he was skateboarding, um, so there was a rotating um, duties of drummers for this set. Um, the drummer for Touche, came on at one point, uh, Ian played one song at another point, and then um, a few more folks came up. Uh, I didn't recognize everybody, but 
still a killer set. I mean, these are not straightforward hardcore songs. They're very dynamic, kind of turn on the dime riffs. So everybody did great. The set went smooth. Um, another band I've really been wanting to check out, and I was really impressed. Um, I actually went to the show with my wife, and she was excited to see Vane as well. Um, so at shows sometimes, since it's kind of loud, we'll uh, pull out our notepad and, and write things to each other during a set. Um, and so during the Vane set, she said, uh, wrote on her notepad, new metal converge, question mark. And so there you have it. There's a hot take from my wife on Vane, new metal converge. I couldn't agree more. And they're, they're awesome. Um, and so to close out the night, the headliner was, of course, Touche Amore. Um, and y'all have said that this is a band people need to check out live, even if it isn't their, their cup of tea, their favorite thing. And I couldn't agree more. Um, just super professional, uh, very in the pocket, uh, very emotional, very honest uh, vibes from, from these guys. And lots of sing-alongs from the crowd. You could tell people really latched on to... Um, the earnest energy of these songs, you know, they sing about things like real life stuff, like grief and loss and uncertainty. Um, and I think people really connect with that, with Touche and, and this band. So it was it was really great to witness. Um, so there you have it. There's my pit report. Um, and in summary, hardcore fucking rules. It's uh, we get to see people we haven't seen in a while. Um, and work through things that, you know, maybe not have a, a, a clear answer, uh, but we can work that out on the stage, work that out through music. And so stoked I went. Uh, definitely check out these bands and we'll see you next time.